Welcome to Comics in Christ. It, once again, Comics in Christ is brought to you by Anchor FM. Do you have a unique voice? Do you have a message that you want to share with the world? Do you want to have a podcast that's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all across the board? Then Anchor FM is the app for you. Anchor FM. You know, the best part of it all, it's free. Welcome once again to Comics in Christ as you are listening to this over our um, original feed, the host of Wrestler Faith Media, now what's known as DWO Podcasting. Uh, we are all together and you guys are going through this journey with me and my worship center, the What Makes a Hero study that's put on by this gentleman by the name of Matt Rowley. Uh, there's reading materials, there's a wonderful book that he kind of parses through this. Uh, there's a video presentations that go along with it that I will share with you would have been lovely to be able to share, but unfortunately, uh, we no longer have our community gatherings. Uh, we are we are a stay-at-home state here in California, and so everything's moved to social media, video media, what have you, and we're here as a collection of people still trying to find ways to be connected, even though that we're separate. So... You guys get the, the preview. You guys get the opening remarks. I'm going to go live on on Facebook, and I'm going to go live on YouTube, and we're going to enjoy today. Welcome. It is week five of What Makes a Hero, week five of What Makes a Hero, and it is such a blessing for me to be able to continue to have these conversations with you, to carry these conversations on with you as we find ways to stay connected even though that we are separate and we've had this Lenten project going on for, for quite some time and we get the opportunity to continue to have these conversations, to have these discussions, to pray together, to process through this concept of what it means to have a hero's mindset in very unique places in very unique times. So uh, thank you all for joining me. Thank you all who have been watching these. And uh, just just thank you all. I, I want you to know that you are continuously in my prayers as, as we work through uh, the, this unique time that no one could have foreseen and you know, it, it's a unique situation that's never it's never been through. We're going through a very collective experience. I'll share with you. I have a dear friend who is a pastor in Arlington, Texas. Uh, he sent me a message, and if I've shared this before in the past, uh, please forgive me for repeating myself. I I sent prayers to him. His response back to me was, "We are definitely in a time that we're writing history." We are on, right now, a hero's journey. And some of us are being heroes by uh, sacrificing freedom, by being at home, staying at home, making sure that everyone is safe and sound in places uh, uh, so that we don't pick something and bring it home or we don't uh, go out and take something to the world. We're, we're trying to do what they call flattening the curve. So... We're very much in, in that moment, and here we are together, working together, 
And let's move into something fun. I, I will not talk about um, the world events any more than I have to. It may come up uh, through this conversation, but here we are on week five. And the, the, the topic of week five is old, new, and covenant. Let's, let's go through the first four weeks' um, titles just as a refresher. The first week was Good, Bad, and God. There's good things, there's bad things, and then there's things that can only exist within God. And we went through the process. There's good things that become bad. There's bad things that become good. And there are some things that just happen, and the only way that they can be explained is that God was there, God was present, God made it happen. Then we went into the second week, and it was good decisions, bad decisions, and holy decisions. And we, we tied it out even a little bit further. We took the first week and we took our definition of good and evil, and then we applied it to our decision-making process. We applied it to our anchor and our foundation on what it means to, to be an individual who goes out and serves and, and cares and, and does things and, and makes things possible. And so we do, moved into the moment of decision-making. Then we moved it even further, and we talked about what it means to create a community. And we started to look at Galatians chapter 5 very intentionally. And we talked about the things that create separation. We talked about the things that create community. And then we talked about a God that overlaps it all and cares for it all. And then last week we talked about what it means to come, come into this uh, situation in places of brokenness what it means to be individuals who have broken lives, but we still go out to care for the greater good. We talk about heroes who are forged in moments of brokenness and what that means in their lives. So we have this overarching conversation going on on what it means to have sort of this self-imposed uh, uh, mantra of what's good and what's bad, our mission statements, if you will, and how do we take our mission statements and begin to apply them? Our mission statement, what is good, what is bad, we, we have a mission statement on that. Our bad may be someone else's good, our good may be someone else's bad. And that's something that we wrestle with, and it becomes that point of the necessity that we also realize that there's God. Because we do have this overlapping thing outside of us that connects us all, even though that we exist in differences. That moves into our decision-making process because if we can have our mantra, our mission statement, and then base our actions on our mission statement, then we are truly trying to do things with a purpose. It's, it becomes our purpose-driven life, if you will, to, to still the words from Rick Warren, um, that, that if we have our mantra, if we have our place of focus, then that becomes our driving point in our decision-making. If we can use those scales of justice, for lack of a better phrasing, and begin to say, this is what my point is, then we, then we know how to move forward and we know how to care. So all of that exists within itself. Then we move into the place of in, in, inclusivity, to include people, to make sure that everyone is involved. When we know how to make the decisions, we know that we're doing things to build community. 
And when we're building community, we get to that last week, what we talked about last week, how we can go in our own places of brokenness and fine retribution, how that we can go into our own places of, um, of brokenness and find a resurrection. So then we get to this new, new stanza. And this one becomes very important because I'm going to throw the phrase out right now. There, there is a phrase that I, I have said many times. It's the phrase that will kill the church. But the reality is that there's so many, there's so many things that we're working through and dealing with right now when we're trying to find answers and we're trying to find situations and we're trying to find um, new responses. We're trying to find new hopes that establish with us but what it means to be a church. Right now, I, I, the, I again, I'm going to try to not lean heavily on what it means to, to live within COVID-19, but I kind of have to talk about what it means to live in COVID-19. COVID-19 is reshaping what it means to, to be a church right now. I'll share with you that there is this idea of historical set standards, the old, that we lean to, that we cherish, that we make our own, that we, that we lean upon. And uh, as, as soon as this weekend, we're going to be very strongly challenged on what that means. And we'll talk about that for a minute. But let's let's talk about the image of the old for a minute, and I can break into to a little bit of more of a comfort conversation with you. the The image that the image that Matt Rowley uses in this um, in in this week's writing in chapter five is the image of Steve Rogers. And if 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 you know Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Red, red, white, and blue apple pie, mom tattoo on the on the shoulder, um, white picket fence, uh, middle class neighborhood. I don't like bullies, Captain America, and and the idea when Captain America came along, he 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 was an image of nationalism. He was an image of something to get behind and the root behind because Captain America was the image of what it means to be America. He was the man that punched uh, Hitler uh, 115 times and knocked him out if you watch the Captain America First Avenger movie. And there's so much about the imagery and the reality uh, of Captain America. It's kind of rooted in this old school Americana, what it is, what it was. The, the roots and the foundation of Americana. So, and, and, and Matt Rowley uh, really deals about that. He, he talks about in one part, in the, in the very part, Captain America's old moral code ends up serving him well in the modern world, but other nuances of contemporary culture are sometimes lost on him. Well, let's talk about that because there, there's a beautiful story that exists within Captain America. He has what we have talked about through these previous weeks. He has this deep-rooted the foundation that he lives on, Steve Rogers. And if you know the story, 
there, there is an accident that happens. I'm going to go ahead and, and use the storyline that more people in our culture understand. We'll use the, the, the Marvel Disney Universe as the code. Captain America beats the Red Skull. Captain America is in this plane and he's trying to save a town. And the only way he can save this town is to wreck the plane, and which puts him into an ice cap and it freezes Captain America. And because of the super soldier serum, Captain America's being, his essence is preserved until that he's discovered in modern times and thawed out. So we begin to have this image of a person whose idealism exists in the 1940s. We begin to have this idea of the old coming into the new time period and both being challenged by the new time period, the new moral code, the new ideas, and also being challenged by what it means to be both his core essence, but then also the person, the hero that the modern times needs. Now, I, I did get some emails about chapter four, and I do, I do realize that I messed up. Um, I, our, our, our historical true reference last week was not Anne Frank. It was actually Mother Teresa. That was a part of chapter four. And, you know, I get to have teacher's license a little bit because Mother Teresa, uh, 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 Anne Frank works a little bit better for the concept that I was working for and striving for within our meeting last week because, again, last week was the idea of brokenness and Tony Stark existing within the brokenness of his bad decisions trying to create hero opportunities and of course, on Franck, who was hiding in exile because of the brokenness in the world. I want to use the last week's example for this week. Because if we look at the idea of Mother Teresa, you have this image of an individual who, who exists in a time period of social understanding. And she exists in a, a time period in which that she is existing within codes, moral codes, health codes, and she too is trying to take her historical understanding of what mission work is, what care is, and she's trying to take it into a new era, era area, a new place, a, a new idea. And and it's 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 something. It's something. I want to tie these two ideas together because St. Teresa uh, uh, exists because she stepped into a place where people were once upon a time shunned to create a new mission field, to create a new opportunity of care. You have this continuing image of Steve Rogers within the Marvel Universe of a man of the golden era, of the greatest generation, who is trying to both hold on to his core essence in modern times, but also deal with modern situations. Now this breaks all the way back to our first week. We begin to shape and mold our ideas 
of what's good and what's bad. And it becomes our foundation. It, it becomes our core essence of living. We then take our core essence of living and bring it into our decision-making process. The individual that we are, our true self, shines through in the moments that we have to make pivotal decisions and pivotal choices. So we take our good and bad and we move them into our places of decision-making. And then we move into it even further when that we try to learn about the greater structure and bring individuals in. If you look at the man-out-of-time concept of Captain America, that is something that Cap deals with the most. He's a man out of his time who is trying to be the hero in the time period that he serves. And that challenges him to look at the world through very almost like childlike eyes. The willingness to see new things, the willingness to listen to the culture around him. And he begins to see the core evils, the core things that create separation still exist. They just look differently and they have different names. And sometimes it's in the defense on what once upon a time was misunderstood. I... I, I had this opportunity last week, and this is a, a man-out-of-time concept for me. I'm going to share with you my life's journey as a, a person of the faith. And I shared this once upon a time ago, and I'm, I'm going to try to share this a lot better than I did before. Because I accidentally offended a very dear friend, a very dear mentor in my life, who thought I was talking about him and not what I was talking about, which, which is not at all a fact. Let's talk about what happens when that we hold on to the old and neglect the opportunity to move into the new. I grew up in a very, very um, conservative faith tradition. And I, I grew up listening to sermons from a very, very conservative preacher who had the set rights and wrongs. It, it wasn't just good, bad, and God. It was good, God, bad, sin, and that's it. That's how it was. And dealing with that idea and dealing with that journey, it, it, it creates things that Matt Rowley kind of talks against in chapter 3 it begins to create the separation so that you cannot reach individuals with the gospel that they so direly need to hear. And over time, I got to see that challenged. You know, one of the beautiful things about Captain America is he sees the good taking place in the modern times that he doesn't understand. And he's able to see ways to incorporate his core image into the modern times that needs him to be its hero. And I began to see that morphing through the actions of a very dear friend I accidentally offended about a year ago. I had a dear friend who saw a moment of racial inequality happen in a worship service that I was a part of. And I got a, a phone call from him saying, Drew, we're gone. We're gone. We're going to worship 
Christ somewhere else. Cause, you know, the, a, a message of racial inequality, a, a message of inequality of any level is not a place in the church and everybody has a place in the, in the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ. And I am right now, right now I know this is public. I know this is live. I know it's going across the world. I want to publicly thank Palmer Lowry for making that phone call to me and sharing that with me because it was something that I needed to hear. It was something that helped me break out of the old core foundation and begin to see that we need to begin to move in such a ways that we can reach the new people in our in the kingdom of God. Realizing that it's not good God bad sin. It's it's good. It's bad and it's God. And God is overcompensating everything to give that point of reality. It's the thing that forces us to look at the world through a different set of eyes and begin to really challenge ourselves. We're either the person of the 1940s or we're the hero that the modern times needs. That's what Captain America is dealing with. Mother Teresa is dealing with the reality that there, there is this culture of lepers that she wants to go and be a caregiver for who for so many years and through so many times have been shunned and excluded because of what they're dealing with. And she begins to take her core values and move into the new. And her core values creates new opportunities of new care. And that is something that's very beautiful. That story is very much a part of my life. I will share with you a very embarrassing moment for me as an individual. It's some, someone who was caught in the old and not so much in a place that he was ready to shift and see the new possibilities of moving into the new. I, I am a graduate of Fuller Theological Seminary. I, my master's degree, my master's of of theology is from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. And it has gotten me to some very beautiful places. Now, most of my friends in the United Methodist Church are graduates of Claremont School of Theology. And I, I will share with you, there was a time in my life that I was a student at the Claremont School of Theology for one term. One term. Now, the reason that I started to disenfranchise myself from Claremont was one of the first things that I heard and I got, that I ran into, I looked at the student board to see what the opportunities were at Claremont School of Theology. And one of the things that, that was at Claremont School of Theology, and it was the first time I ever saw this in a religious setting, it was an LGBTQIA plus advocacy program was an LGBTQIA plus community uh, a group at, at, at Claremont. Now, again, sharing with you, even though I was very blessed with the challenge of a very dear friend who showed me that any form of inequality is wrong, I still was struggling with what I was told, God is good, sin is bad, not... There's good, there's bad, and there is an overall encompassing God that still creates opportunities for outreach. And that thing 
affected my presence at Claremont so intensely, I only stayed there for one term. And and that's why I left. That's a very embarrassing moment in my life for me, is the, my misunderstanding of what the reality is in the gospel of sharing the kingdom, what's being shared in this idea. If Captain America only exists within the ideals of the 1940s, then Captain America doesn't help anyone in the modern times that he's being defrosted in. And that's the reality that I had to deal with. I wanted to live in a frozen theology that was black and white and easy to live with. And I'll share with you, our faith lives are not easy to live with. Mother Teresa going to this place of need was not an easy decision. The fictitious world of the Marvel Universe and Captain America reshaping his life in modern times was not an easy thing for Captain America to deal with. Because he still fought everything he fought in the 1940s but just in the drastically different way that it appears in the 2000s. Let me, let me give you the resolution of my story because there are people who are watching this video who may not know me, may not know my church. And the reality of it is the, 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 the confused young man who spent one time, one term at Claremont School of Theology and went back to Fuller because of his confusion over the LGBTQIA uh, uh, group is now the pastor of a church that is part of the Reconciling Ministries Network. And a church that is, uh, I am a pastor of a church that went through that process of conversation with me to become a reconciling church. It's, it's how that I really justified myself in the reality that Yes, I have a core identity that's built in the history of my faith movement. And I need to thaw my faith out so that I can exist in the modern times and be a caregiver in the modern times. If I truly believe Matthew 28, and if I truly believe that go ye therefore into all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I realize that nations isn't land masses. Nations is cultures, it's identities, it's anything that creates a, a collective. And to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into all nations means to not do what Matt Rowley talks about in week three, is to create places of exclusion. We need to be building places of community. And it's the community that helps Captain America out. Specifically, if you are connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you begin to see that it's through um, Black Widow that, that Captain America finds a place of community. Uh, my, my brain has frozen. I, I, is it Hawk? Who, Falcon? Falcon. It's through Falcon that, that he finds a place of community. Captain America actually even finds a place of community within the brokenness of Tony Stark. And he begins to have this community of people working together 
to pull him together. And it helps Captain America take his core ideas from the 1940s and be the hero that's needed in modern times. It's the willingness to not be so deeply um, concrete in the things that we forget that we need to look at the real needs. And the needs sometimes look drastically different than we understand them. Now, through my years of growing up, there there is another hero in my life. And I don't talk about this hero a lot. There's another hero in my life. It's Bruce Lee. I was a very huge fan of the Green Hornet television show. I watched a lot of the Bruce Lee films. I, I wanted to be Bruce Lee, and I got all the way up to my red belt in Taekwondo and ditched out when I was two belts away from a black belt. But I went through that whole process, and there's this, there's this thing that Bruce Lee talks about in his Tao of Jet Kune Do, which was the karate style of, of Bruce Lee, it's the it's a concept of being like water. You cannot stop water from being water. You cannot stop water from moving. You cannot stop water from doing what water does. But when an obstacle comes around, water is not stiff and it's not rigid. It's something that can flow and move around things and make things possible, to make it possible for things to keep going. This idea of being like water uh, that's so deeply rooted in Jet Kune Do is very much a part of this idea of taking what's old and allowing ourselves to exist in what's new and to care for what's new and be aware of what's new, to go to new places, by being fluid and flexible and bendable and, and to work around things or to rise over things, whatever it takes that needs to be done so that we can continue to be people who are caregivers for the overall kingdom, the people who are willing to go ye therefore into all nations. That's something I want you to all kind of to think about and pray over. I really feel it's the central theme of this fifth chapter. It's one thing to exist in the past and then it's one thing to give up who we are and then it's something to transform ourselves completely into what's happening in the now and then there's this other thing in which that we can find a way like water to hold on to our core identity and then work a way around or over or through things in the modern time so that we can be beneficial for the real needs in the modern time. So we can be the caregivers of the things in the modern time. If we work through these whole processes, week one, working through the idea of what's good and what's bad and what is the over-encompassing God, if we're willing to work through our decision makings on good decisions, bad decisions, good decisions that become bad, bad decisions that become good, and the overarching thing that is the holy. If we work through the things of what it means to create community instead of creating division, if we work through the things that means us weighing out through our brokenness what we need to do 
to be caregivers to the greater world. Then we can get to this point that we can take our rooted core identity, the old, move into the new places and be the listeners and the caregivers. And then we can create a covenant of wholeness and an overarching God that can create care for anyone that needs it. Thank you for joining me today on on the on the YouTube on Facebook Live. Uh, that was week five of the Matt Rowley's uh, book, uh, "What Makes a Hero: The Death Defying Ministry of Jesus." May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, and uh, stay at home, wash your hands, be safe, and may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And dear friends, that was Comics in Christ for this week. My name is Michael Davis. Everyone have a great week.